stay on those drugs that make you stable and shit. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to your bi-weekly edition of Cult Following, the film podcast brought to you by three guys in Phoenix, Metro, Arizona, who really love movies. Three guys and a pizza. And a baby. We show movies, we talk movies. In fact, if you live in Phoenix, you can always check us out live cult classics az find out about our cool movie experiences live at cultclassicsaz.com we've got some cool ones coming up in april we've got uh april 29th we've got johnny mnemonic at the grid growlers games and growlers in mesa and we've got silence of the lambs on may 21st if you're a fresh listener to our podcast experience check us out at cultfalling.co we review tons of movies Blu-rays, horror, all kinds of awesome stuff. Subscribe to us on iTunes at Cult Following. Give us a like if you like the podcast. And meanwhile, I'm one of your three hosts. I'm Victor Marino, along with Adam Rakowski. Meow. And our resident sage, Kirby Nelson. <sighs> so this is our 34th edition. We're going to talk about a groundbreaking topic called movies that we've been watching lately. Because it's been three weeks since our last podcast. It's quite a while. Quite a backlog of films may have. I had a bunch of stuff I needed to do last Monday. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Things have been busy for everybody. Busy. Please provide an explanation, Adam. People are, are very upset that we were delayed a week. Really? No, I don't think anybody no. fucking oh. cares. That's okay. Exactly. We're just three dudes in an echo box. Actually, we are very, very adequately soundproof now, Adam, in this amazing room of doom of his own. I'm perfectionist. Is very, very nice. Yes, he's and color uh, coordinated. It's very pretty. The studio, it's pretty crazy. Aww. That it is. So, so what did you watch, Adam? Anything? Oh, me first. Yeah, I heard you saw Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Again. Uh, again and again and again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. What is this, December of 2015? Come on now. <laughs> it's already like April. Almost, It's almost May. Of course I've seen it. Uh, yeah, no, what we... We I, don't have you your know, take I, on the Blu-ray I could, yet. I could tell you all the dirty details of, of, of what happened over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, you know, we were showing The Wedding Singer. And I hope, like, you know, Michael Pollock's not listening right now. But uh, before the we showed the wedding singer, they were uh, showing the Force Awakens, and I almost wet myself, and I ran in and then watched the last I don't know what hour, half an hour, hour forty five minutes, and then once uh, we were preparing to show the wedding singer, then I ran to the theater that was right next door. When the wedding singer started, I went into the theater next door and watched the Force Awakens again. Was it as good as the first? Oh, it's time? awesome. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't necessarily like that smaller theater. Um, it definitely works better on a on a larger screen. Mm-hmm. The sound is louder than the screen was as big as it was. It's a very hot, like w- like narrow theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of this one that I we used to go to a lot uh, in Minnesota. 
and that's just the way it was. It was like when it was like kind of like a hallway theater kind of thing. I always remember the first movie theater I worked at, which was like my second job. I quit uh, a little bit before, so this has been '97 before the um, special editions were released. Um, but then a short two years later is when Phantom Menace came out. And all I remember was that Lucasfilm had a mandatory requirement on how long the film was to play in theaters. I mean, this was the past where Mm -hmm. films stayed in theaters a lot longer, Mm -hmm. but it was extended to say the least. And I just remember that theater was pretty small. I think it was eight screens and they just had, they just kept it running the smallest theater forever and just empty seats week (laughs) after week, month after month. Wow. Yeah. And, um, it just did not. I mean, because everyone went to see it when it first came out. Everyone thought, oh, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. I'm going to watch it every day. Yeah, that, that definitely never happened. Mm. I saw it twice that summer of 99, the first time for the, the opening weekend, mm-hmm. and then for a friend's birthday. They wanted to go see it, so we watched it again. I think I saw it twice. Yeah. I, I, I went think... on opening day, and I didn't. I wasn't expecting to, uh, but my friends asked. Um, if I wanted to go with, cause I knew I was a fan and I was like, well, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll hang out. I wouldn't, again, well, it's kind of the same thing that happened with Phantom Men, or not Phantom Men, Force Awakens, same thing. I wouldn't have gone on, on first day. Um, in fact, I got tickets for the Friday evening instead of the Thursday midnight. What still blew me away is, I mean, people went to Force Awakens, you know, you definitely had some people camping out. You had advanced, I mean, nowadays, you know, now you have everything. The advanced tickets, everything's right. ready to go. Mm-hmm. But I meant, you know, you still have to people kind of in the spirit of that. But what blew, always blew me away with episodes one through three is that people kept waiting in line for mm-hmm. every movie. Mm-hmm. Like they thought it was going to get better. <laughs> like it, it literally was an exercise in futility. Like I will never oh, sure. understand why people did that. Like you knew this one was total dog shit. And then you just kept hoping it was going to get a light dusting of vanilla sprinkles. Mm-hmm. Like, true. and speaking of which, the best, if you've never watched it, go on YouTube right now and make sure you check out uh, uh, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog's appearance at Attack of the Clones was mm-hmm. Oh, glorious. I remember that. Yeah. Absolutely glorious. So, um, so yeah, uh, uh, but... Uh, Sorry to uh, sidetrack uh, there, nope, but it was... Nope. Uh, it's always fun for me to talk about Star Wars, but I won't drone and drone on. Uh, the, I didn't see very much over the last few weeks as far as new things. Uh, to my uh, repertoire, uh, I did finally, finally break down and rent "I Am Thor." Oh, you hadn't seen that? No, I really wanted to, yeah. and then you saw it that weekend that it came to VOD, and then you were kind of eh, eh, about it. Yeah, and so I just waited and waited, but then I really just broke it down. Really and took me it. a second to realize that you're talking about the Nordic metal god Thor and not like that Zachary Ty Bryan movie from Home Improvement that was like the Asylum's version of Thor. I just really, for some reason, thought of that for a second. Uh, The uh, the documentary on, uh, what's his name, Michael something? John Michael Thor. John Michael Thor. Uh, You know, yeah, it was was okay. It was a little self-serving. Oh, yeah, very. But... uh, I I think I was always hoping that, and I don't know if you felt this, Victor, or you, when you were watching it, that there would be something at the end that would um, be a little bit more gravitas in either um, an enlightening way or a very depressing way. 
Oh, like, yeah, oh and they're... he's dead, or he relapsed, or he's now he's like a metal god again. But we know, you know, in real life, I mean, you know, it's not like. Yeah, it's not that uh, pentagram movie. What was that one called? Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, Last Days Here. Yeah, it's not Last Days yeah. Here or... Um, Anvil. Anvil. No, it's kind of like they followed him around and see what happens. Yeah, and they tried Actually, to get his career going again. Yeah, like I watched the Lemmy documentary not that long ago. How was and it? It's very similar to this. Where he yeah. just kind of follows him around. But I think the Lemmy one works because he's already famous. Right. So he's reflecting back on his career. So like the extended sequences of him going out to San Bernardino to blow shit up with somebody else's tank is, you know, funny. Uh-huh. But then, like, there's also a part where, like, you're touring his tiny little apartment and you see, like, all the Nazi shit he has. And, you know, because they're, like, fans of his, they don't really make a big deal out of it. Sure. You know, he's all like, oh, you know, fighting collected somebody else would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, literally has a I whole. Just, I just he had a whole wall with like literally hundreds. Oh of yeah, Nazi no, he's daggers. well known, well yeah. known collector. Yeah, but I just, I just find it funny because I imagine I always love when you do your voices because I imagine you practice them. I and don't like the really. Mirror, and it would be amazing. It's more like watch. a thing where you can kind of tell when you can do it. Yeah, Lemmy's one of those ones that's not the most insanely difficult. Yeah. you just gotta sound ba- very haggard. Yeah. and tired of the world. But he's, but yeah, but that's like people. You still see people wearing Burzum shirts, and um, Varg has pretty much gone beyond any semblance of semblance of sanity or anything. I mean, he's openly. I mean, he's basically openly a Nazi. And so people what, what are was still that dark metal document? Because I until know, the light takes us. Okay, yeah. Because I was gonna say, I know it sounds like what we do in the shadows, but oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's just one of those, oh, no, the Germs documentary was something like that, too. No, uh, What We, we do, do In Secret. secret. That's yeah. the one I always think of when yeah, I heard What We Do Until the Light Takes, takes Us. us. Yeah. yeah. No. But no, he comes out off like like the biggest asshole in the world. Yeah, well, no, he's just, he's just one of those people. Like, I'm not here to defend Varg or, or NSBM, uh, which if you don't know is National Socialist Black Metal. Um, my whole thing with it is just that I'm blown away, of course, to see hipsters still wearing Burzum shirts when it's like, okay, Burzum is not a band. Burzum is a one-man project, basically. Yeah. So it's not like, ah, uh, you know, I kind of don't like Varg, but everybody else is cool. I don't care if you listen to Burzum. That's not my issue. Yeah. Just don't take this hard stance, like, censorship-wise on people or on anything else if you're going to sit there and support something like that. I mean... It's not like candy coated. So well, no, because he recorded a lot of that shit while he was in prison for murder. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. and so in, in Foss, the drummer um, of Emperor, the original drummer of Emperor, and numerous other black metal bands. I mean, he killed a uh, a, a gay man in um, during the Lillehammer Olympics and went to prison for it. But it was just that, like, I mean, if you read interviews with him, he's like, ah, it wasn't a big well, deal. That's I don't the... really believe I, I don't. I didn't kill him because he was gay. But it's like, yeah, you did. You can totally tell. You yeah. Well, I remember in when the light takes us, or until the light takes us, someone will correct me. Whatever. It's it's until the light yeah. takes us. Um, they talk about that death, and then I think it's the guys from Emperor, and one of the guys who was in Death, or uh, not Death. Um, help me out here. Is the band no? The singer was named Death. Dead. Dead from mayhem. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they were talking about who when, is dead. Yeah. 
And he was just saying, oh, I give him a lot of honor for killing that, you know, he says the epithet. I feel I could say it, but I'm not going to. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, well, I, I don't know if it's dead because dead's been dead for a long time. But because they were all around that, you know, it's the whole the book Lords of Chaos, if you want to read it, that's about mm-hmm. the Scandinavian, Norwegian, especially black metal underground. Yeah, if I remember now, it was the two guys from Emperor talking about mayhem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so. mayhem, yeah, yeah. Because they're all still alive. Yeah. And they're all still going, and I would say they were more of an outsider one. But yeah. it's just one of those things I just, it's not to, I just find it very interesting, especially in this kind of like, I'm pretty sure if I go look at pictures from Coachella 2016, I'm going to find at least one Burzum shirt. And it's just kind of like, eh, all right. But, yeah. Whatever. So, yeah, just to get back on point, um, I did kind of feel like that movie just meandered and had no point. Which one? The Thor one. Okay. Much like his life. Yeah. Currently. Well, especially towards the end when, like, what, do you have diabetes or something where he's basically dying while he was going on tour? They t- he was just having issues. He was getting yeah. old. Yeah. And he was on all that medication. Yeah, that's it. That's what I was thinking. He was, like, at the airport and he had, like, 15... Yeah bottles of pills because uh, you know he's like bipolar and yeah. you know manic depressive and i just everything it's so. just it's kind of, it's supposed to be like you want it to be like an anvil story because thor wasn't a big star mm-hmm. like he was never a big musical he, star well the reason why and this kind of the the document did you see the documentary yet? i haven't seen it yet but the I, re the, one of the reasons why is because he pretty much sabotaged his own career that he did many times like he has he, they would throw a, a, a case full of money at him and say, okay, we're going to record you, we're going to promote you, we're going to do this tour for you, you're going to be the biggest thing in the whole world because we love you. And it's like, you know, big corporations, I don't know, like Atlantic or something at the time. And he would get to the point where it's like, okay, now you're going you're gonna, to you know, release this album, and he just pulls a plug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years later, same thing, or five years later or whatever, you know, he goes on tour, but he does it himself. Yeah. So he doesn't like really want to like relinquish control of what he thinks everything should be. It's like if he was Guar, it probably would have been, you know, great because then he could if they believe like, you know, you can do your own stage show, you can put this all together, you know, we'll we'll let you but he he just had so much like massive wanton of control of every single aspect that he didn't even want like an accountant to do the books. He wanted to do everything himself. Yeah, and that's always difficult. Like micromanage, you know, and well, that's, no, it, yeah, and then then once everything would kind of like fall into place, again, you know, he would just pull the plug and everything and say, "Okay, I don't want anything to do with this." Yeah, and this is encapsulated in the movie Rock and Roll Nightmare. If you've never seen it, pretty much, where it literally yeah. is yeah. his name like eight times in the credits because he wanted to be the the star, the writer, director. Uh, I think he maybe may have tried to learn how to be an editor, but the um, you know if they had just gotten the special effects team from Black Roses, there wouldn't have been an issue, um, you know, which is the you know much better that or Trick or Treat, the original right. '82 film, '83. Right. But the um, yeah, they just it's it's sad because it's one of those things where he probably could have been on tour forever with like Man of War, mm-hmm. and could have had a huge career and oh, yeah. all that, and he just pissed it away away. and i think he pissed it away too even on the secondary years like the asian and european markets Mm -hmm. like i just don't even think he had he kind of any goodwill or 
fan support just kind of gone. And that's it's sad. It's like cause you're acting like Axl Rose, but you don't got Guns N' Roses money. Yeah. He, uh, oh, who, who was it? Who were the um, who were the big metal guys? When you think of black metal, Nor- Norwegians? No, wait. Scandinavian black metal was yeah. the big scene. Well, right now, and for many, many years, when you think of black metal... Living Color? <laughs> well, what's the country? There's the there's Norway? the group of people... Nor- Norway. Yeah. Norway was the biggest out of yeah. the Scandinavian countries by far. Yes. Yeah. They embraced Thor like you would not believe. Like, at the end of the thing is, is that that was... He was saying that was going to be his final tour, and they welcomed him with open arms and treated him like a god. And you you looked you looked at the audience, look at the people that were there, and it looked like it was 1982. Mm-hmm. Oh, I as far it. as how everyone was dressed, that's pretty and, much how Europe is for metal tours. Um, yeah, same. But Japan has the the whole thing of the joke big in Japan right. isn't a joke. I mean, I've had plenty of friends bands who couldn't put a hundred people in a room here play to two thousand in Japan. Well, and look at um, what was it? There there was a thing on. On a feed where they said, "Okay, well, Stephen Colbert is the first person to have uh, baby metal on American television." It's like, well, baby metal's been around for a good while now, and every time you see any of their live performances in Japan, it's like thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people. You would think it's like, you know, Queen at uh, you know, like Wembley Stadium or something yeah. like that. You know how the crowd is interacting and everything. And then they play on Stephen Colbert, and I watched it, and I like baby metal, but they. Uh, it just felt like a dull thud. It was just it was so small and yeah. they didn't really know how to like play to like just a camera or something mm-hmm. or you know. I don't know. Uh I don't know where I was necessarily going with that, but well, well the was, big in Japan thing, you know, it's they 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 conquered Japan and then they've been around for a while. They've been doing this stage show and everything and now they're trying to infiltrate the US. They kind of have been kind of, you know, from from uh, you know, underneath but they just didn't make like a big splash. No, I mean they opened for like Lady Gaga on her t- last big tour. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's her whole thing. It's just like the whole thing she had with Diane Tward. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, you know, they basically like told her to fuck off, you know, and it's because you know they didn't want compromise and stuff because, I mean, Lady Gaga on a lot of those types of things you can consider exploitative in the end. But what I meant is, uh, you know, it's it's true. It's just that there used to be more of a, there's just a greater embrace mm-hmm. of what is, you know, odd and unusual in maybe another part of the world is huge. I mean, there's all sorts of things. I love slam death metal, and it has, like, pockets in the U.S., but, I mean, over in Europe, I mean, they have whole fe- festivals dedicated to slam, and it's just, like, it's just crazy to think, especially Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a few other spots, but it's just, like, um, you know, a lot of genres of extreme music, whatever it may be, you know, it um there was a time when dance music was underground, but you know, it, it's just that I do think though, everyone does get there is a finite lifespan or an expiration date, and I think Thor just hit his, and I don't think realized it, and I think that it that should have kind of, I don't I haven't seen the documentary, but that should have been the coda at the end was. I mean, him, you know, I, I, it sounds like that's what they were trying to express, but it's literally like, dude, you're, you're done. Like, there is no rise back again. I mean, it's just over. There's mm-hmm. nothing else you can do at this point. 
I mean, unless you do something completely amazing or different. Yeah, no, and, it's not going to happen. And he's that kind of guy who's too stubborn and stagnant to ever try something different. And Well, he just he wants the love. I don't even know if he even wants the scale to be all that large. And even the guys that he plays with in his band, they went they went to the one of the one of the festivals. I don't know if that was the one in Norway or not. But uh the guitar player was walking through the gate and everybody was kind of waiting um to get in. And he says, "Oh, well, what time is what time do the band start?" And they're like, "Uh, like 2 o'clock or something." And he kind of walks away, you know, rather kind of furious about it going, oh, you know, I was going to ask me, you know, what time, you know, we were going to go on stage. And all they did is they were just completely oblivious on who I was. Uh, it's like, well, I don't even know who, you, I don't know who you are either. Yeah. Uh, and I listened to metal back in the day. You're not, you're not Slash. Yeah. You're, you know, you're not yeah. even Izzy Stradlin, you know, you're, you just look like some old dude with dyed black hair. Probably there to see, you know, whatever metal bands are playing that day. You're just asking what time the bands play. Yeah. So, like with Thor, I mean, I don't think if I, I mean, I knew what he looked like back in, you know, the the when he looked like Dolph, Lundgren. you know, Rock and Roll Nightmare <laughs> and Zombies yeah. and stuff. But uh, they, uh, you know, I I wouldn't recognize him today if he walked up to me. And now. that's and that's what's really it, it comes down to. But but by the end is. of it, you know, he was going to say that he was going to go on stage and say, okay, this is it. I'm done. I'm never performing live again. But there was so much love radiating from, you know, the, the, the crowd in Norway that he didn't say it. And so that was kind of the open bookend at the end. Yeah, it's like, not... okay, well, maybe it's, you know, not the end for Thor. And that's not a bad way to go out and hopefully, you know. But that's... that was back in 2006, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then it's probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I spoke too yeah. soon. Yeah. But. Because, uh, yeah, the documentary's been going on for quite a while now. Yeah. Anything else good, Adam? Oh, Jesus, we spent a lot of time on Thor. Thor, uh, I, I still yeah. love you, man. Stay on those d- drugs that make you stable and shit. I did watch Kung Fu Panda 3. I like uh, that. I, I enjoyed it. It's just as good as the first two. It's a nice, um, you know, inclusion into the trilogy. Uh, there's not, not really much more needs to be said about that. If you're into Kung Fu Panda, you are, you are not. But like I said, I didn't see a whole lot. Uh, and I, I recently saw Ghost in the Shell, the new movie. Terrible title. Worst, terrible, itty, gross title for a movie. Ugh. What? So the new, the latest Ghost in the Shell movie. Uh huh. Is called the new movie. Oh, seriously? Yes. Wow. The one that came out last winter. I thought they reserved stuff like that for like Pokemon, the new movie. Yeah, it was like That's SpongeBob SquarePants or yeah. something. So wait a second, I thought no, what's the, I thought Ghost in the Shell was the one. Isn't something getting an American release or something? But it's got a non-Asian actress. They're having like ScarJo, ScarJo yeah. play. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. That's the only thing I saw. So yeah, they're working on a live-action one. Um, okay, that's what I figured. Yeah. But- but this, yeah, this one's the the Japanese production. Well, yeah, yeah, that you know came out probably. And if anything over says paint ago. by numbers adaptation, it's getting ScarJo to play like a super powered being who doesn't emote well. I mean, that's Lucy under the skin. What else? The we got? Black Widow, pretty much, yeah. with some added scenes of. I don't know. I think I think her and Kristen Stewart should just. 
bitch face it out. Yeah. Like, see who can really do it the longest. I feel like that's the only kind of part that Scarlett Johansson can play is this, like, otherworldly chick who just can't deal with being human. I could watch Ghost World over and over again. But that's the thing. When Ghost World came out, that's most people's introduction to her. And she represents the character in the comic well. So it's like, it works. It's kind of like, you know, it's just one of those things. Although always, every time I think about that, that is like, oh, Thora Birch, where have you gone? Like, yeah, you you're just gone What's forever. Her dad? What's her huh? dad? Her dad manager is psycho. That's why. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. All I know is you went from like American Beauty and a ton of roles. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons probably wasn't the best pick. Yeah. But um, she. I mean, I think what I saw a horror movie. She was in Train, a long time ago. But that's I literally do not know what movies she does anymore and then her dad won't his the isn't that well not even a rumor i've heard it from so many different sources her dad who is her manager is so insane on the set that nobody wants to work with her and he's so demanding that nobody wants to work with her i could believe that i believe a lot of people are people go yeah, what happened to all these bankable stars? And then you have like a Watch Mojo article or some shit like that. But I think it's honestly just because either it's be- due to behavior or just due to the fact that, you know, they had too many flops. I mean, and then there's people like Nicolas Cage who are just paying off their tax returns forever. Like, yeah. there's, you know, whatever, the tax debt, I mean. There's there's yeah. not, speaking of today, um, as we're recording this, it is the day to gain your taxes, but here in America. But it's literally like... Go- I just don't think like a lot of people are. I mean, I think people just fade out. I think Hollywood is very, very it is it is oh, an A list, and then if you're not on the A list, you're on the wait list. Oh, there, sure. there is nobody. Not to start sound like an industry insider, but I mean that. Like, I really think about all the people who are gone. I just watched Jan Silent Bob Strike back a while ago. It's like what a laundry list of people, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her name? Shan Elizabeth, uh, James Vanderbeek, Jason mm-hmm. Biggs. Uh, biggest one, Sean William Scott, man. He was literally in everything for like five years. Gone. Forever. Well, a lot of these people kind of don't get uh, asked to be cast in anything anymore. Well, he has the yeah. goon. He's, what? He, he does goon. Well, Sean yeah, William that Scott. was like four years No, they, they have goon 2 is coming out. Oh, well, there you this go. This year. Not that I keep tabs on goon. But, but Shannon Elizabeth was only known for being like a hot chick. What do you do when you're not the hot chick anymore, you know? Yeah, but that's kind of like what you're saying about Scarlett Johansson. It's just funny. The way you put it is perfectly like the otherworldly woman who cannot be who cannot be understood or comprehended. Yeah. Like people were like, even when she was in like Lost in Translation, where she's playing a very plain individual, like there is nothing particularly evocative or interesting about her. It's supposed to be all the story about these people connecting and all that as many stories are but it's just seeing there like p i just remember dudes literally like oh my god like she is the hottest chick who ever existed on earth and that's what makes her so amazing mm. and it's like what? you know it, it just i mean that's just what that's where i feel like the whole thing of like god i don't want to sound like a hopeless romantic but you know i would drag my dick through a mile of broken glass just to hear her fart into a walkie-talkie kind of logic came from uh-huh. Where dudes just became like, I mean, it's a joke. Like, I mean, it's it's you know meant to be funny, but it also became like that people 
it, it's almost like reverting back to like an old school silver screen kind of thing where women were or you know even some men but it's like so perfect and then her whole shtick is that like I, she, you're right, she doesn't do anything else, and it's yeah. like, yeah. And well, the the other thing too is when you when you watch something with her in it, especially if if she's the lead, it's just like, oh, there's Scarlett Johansson. You don't go, oh, there's, uh, you know, Margaret Bahaman Chamanala, the character she's playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. She doesn't she doesn't inhibit the character. It's just Scarlett Johansson is just you know in the yeah. movie. If you if you watch Charlie's Theron. She really just like gave everything up. I mean, she really like takes over characters in in different movies. There are times where you say, "Okay, well, that's her," but but that's the same thing with like really a lot of actors. No, but that's a really but good like, comparison. Like because... Channing Tatum, every time I see him, I go, "Oh God, Channing Tatum." He uh-huh. doesn't play anybody different. The only time that I I I gave him just one little happy little seed of 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 glowing sunniness is in the Hateful Eight. Oh yeah, but oh, I really he, gonna, he I, didn't really, you know, get a whole lot of screen time. In I it, thought you were going to say Foxcatcher. To be totally honest, oh, I never saw Foxcatcher. Oh okay, oh it's good. Yeah, I um, saw it's, I saw Twenty Two Jump Street not that long ago, and he was funny in that. He's well, funny. no, he's funny, but yet again, it's Channing Tatum. I mean, it's he's not um, developing I guess I like a character. Really beyond... have much of an impression of Channing Tatum. Oh, okay, then maybe I won't use that as an example. I, I, no, I, mean, I but, think you know... I just want to say I think the Charlize Theron is an excellent example. Yeah, because you're talking about a woman who's literally considered to be one of the most beautiful women in the world and is a very respected actual actress. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, especially I think most people, if they didn't know her, once they saw a Monster, right? They were like, "Who is this woman?" And it it's not just her well, appearance as Eileen Wernos. Well, she kind of started yeah. off being like, you know, an eye candy chick. She was. Like yeah. in Two Days in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Well, she was just kind of like, you know, just a set piece kind of yeah. person. And I do think that that's a good part of what's changing in Hollywood. To hook From her to go to that to Furiosa is awesome. But I do think that people, I want to see complex characters, male and female. And everything in between. I just I want to see people, actors who are actually like I do not recognize you. I don't know who you are, even if you look identical to the way you look in every other movie. And there are very few people who can pull that off anymore. And that's part of the reason why I will enjoy a movie that has relatively unknown name or uh, unknown actors in it, mm-hmm. to where I, I that's when I like when I saw Whiplash. I didn't know who the guy, who the drummer guy was, but now uh, he's Miles kind of Teller. yeah. Now yeah. he's kind of been peppered in, or I see him and like other things. And go, oh, that guy, you know? Oh my gosh, you know? I actually thought he was just, I thought he was the actual person who was like inspired the oh, movie man. for. And I, and when I get caught into that, then I, it r- removes me from you know the 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 lights and the settings and the, you know, there's a script and then there's people who are, you know, you just kind of get locked into how movies are made when it's so obvious it's like oh so and so is in this again and you know it's obvious that that person was you know cast and you know it's just kind of like well this is just going to be a a little money maker throwaway movie that might make me laugh but it's not going to have any deep meaning for me yeah and that's why films should matter so right yeah. mm-hmm. 
What do you got in the? You got oh, any extra? I just got like tiny little ones left. I okay. Even go over. Uh, for TV, I've been sucked into Sixty Days In. Anyone? I've I haven't even heard of that. I uh, can't remember what network that's on. That's it's a it's a reality show where they took um, several different people and put them into uh, a prison, a general population. And to figure out what is wrong with that particular prison, why they're having so many issues. Oh, weird. And they have different cell blocks that are just kind of like these little common areas, but they all have their own little problems. So they have like the female block, they have a couple uh, different of the, the men's blocks, um, and then, you know, they, they plant these normal people in there. And they really don't have any knowledge of the other people who are a part of the program. Uh-huh. So there's a couple different plants that are in there. Uh-huh. And they see how they assimilate. Um, they tell them that they want them to go in and um, kind of find out why they're, they're having a drug problem in this, you know, in D block, why there's such a violence problem in C block, you know. And I know what the there. problem is. You need to stop snitching. <laughs> That's your fucking problem. Oh, you learn that right away, yeah. But it's it's compelling. It's it's a really interesting. I did see the trailer, and I did think that looked like a great um, experiment, kind yeah. of, because yeah. the the prison system is totally. Yeah, and you, I mean, you totally fucked. Yeah, there's nothing else to say. Right. So I, I'm getting sucked into that. They're probably into like maybe their seventh episode right now, uh, in the first season debut season. Um, that's it for me. Mm. Oh, go ahead, Victor. Uh, what did I see? Uh, I've been watching, uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Season 2 of that just started. Um, I think this season, I haven't finished it, but they're clearly going full 30 Rock. You know, like, I, even though the, la- the original season was, had the jokey premise, it still seemed kind of more grounded. And this one, it, they're just kind of doing the same kind of weird random stuff that you would see in 30 rock mm-hmm. you know uh she her, the main character um is uh very just goes on these like rants where it's just all the fake curse words and stuff where it's very silly but um the guy who plays titus is really funny titus burgess he's really good um what else i really thought you were gonna say christopher titus was back no no it took me a second there there was there was another i was i was i was watching another show on netflix that uh had each episode uh showcased a different comedian uh-huh they had uh what's her name um kirsten shawl uh-huh did like the first episode, but she plays different characters within that episode. It's like these thirty-minute little things. There's like maybe eight of them. Mm, weird. No, I, I think it's that. called like that the characters. Like a Portlandia kind of thing without the regional focus. Uh, you know where it's just the two of them largely as the yeah yeah. It's yeah they they just yeah the show just lets these the comedians take over like for a half an hour and do their mm. own thing. Mm. The Kirsten Shaw one is like the best example. It's like the first one, but that's I just remember that I I watched all those, mm. and they have like some little good ones in there. But sorry, uh, what else? Go ahead. Uh, I saw this uh, documentary called Force Perspective about the uh, graphic artist Derek Strauss, and uh, 
just about how his artwork and his upbringing he was kind of like an art prodigy because his dad was uh like an art professor so he was able to see his talent really early on and he designed all this stuff for this venue he booked all and then that kind of led to helping the hardcore scene out there grow but then like he fell hardcore into alcoholism because of his bipolar disorder it's kind of about how him trying to get over that you know it's what's very the time period um it's, it'd be like 2000 probably to like 2010 i'd guess yeah late that was his late that was 90s his era. to yeah yeah 2000s yeah derek has is like one of as a hardcore kid pretty much for the last 20 years i mean that was a that was a huge period with uh Derek has his art. Him, him, and Jake Bannon from the band Converge. They just had this style that was on like every record. I mean, like the most in demand. Oh, God bless Jane Doe. I love Jane Doe so much. <laughs> I was not expecting that, but actually, at the same time, I was. Adam has very adventurous musical tastes. Oh, it changed. It changed the way that I recorded music at that time. It is very. Kurt Ballou is probably one of the most interesting um engineers that exists and, he, and an incredible musician and i almost shat myself when i was kind of selling off most of my recording gear my high-end stuff and that kurt Balau bought one of my micro Balau, yeah i always say Baloo for some reason Baloo. probably a jungle book thing sorry <laughs> buddy I, i've interviewed them many times they're some of the nicest people you will oh, ever yeah. meet oh, in so the music cool. mm-hmm. business yeah, well, that's a good one. Now, this is all uh, like a lot of stuff. This is VOD, right? Yeah, most of the stuff, good stuff or interesting stuff coming out nowadays, is on VOD. And yeah, just because there's not a lot of places to play it anymore. Um, I saw The Forest. I'm sorry, The Forest, starring <laughs> uh, Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones, yeah, yeah. and she goes to Japan to find her. How bored were you? Why did you? Uh... It was to... late, and I was like, "Well, maybe it'll be interesting. Maybe it'll help." Victor's you current uh, um, cinema time is during the witching hour, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve to three, I think he said. Yeah, is your steady block, and it's kind of like uh, it has a very stupid, predictable ending. Like really stupid, really predictable, and an ending. Yeah, and to, to me, the biggest issue with watching this movie is the forest in this movie. Is at the base of Mount Fuji, which is like a massive tourist thing. It's only like lately been known as a suicide forest. And, you know, they act like, oh, no one goes there. Suicide forest. I'm like, yeah, no one goes to Mount Fuji. Right. I believe that. Yeah. Even when the train lets off and the, the, when she first arrives and at the base and yeah. the little, um, the little ho- hotel hostel kind of thing, it just, it cracks me up. I'm like, like this train would not have been much more full than this, because Mount Fuji is actually only open a few days. I believe it's a few days a week. When I was in Japan, it was only open like two days a week, depending seasonally, mm-hmm. and um, so it's packed when it's packed. Plus, all the field trips, all the people who go regularly, like I mean, it's one of Japan's most greatest treasures by far. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, but I, uh, it's just the most uneven film I think I've seen in. A long, long time. Yeah, it's one of those movies that lapses into pointless J-horror. Oh, without a doubt. For no stupid reason. The ending is moronic because it just goes full ring. 
you never go full ring. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that's wrong with it, and it just drags a lot. I'm gonna so, make that as a shirt. You never go full ring. So Kirby, yes, Japan. Sir. I remember I, that you've mentioned that before previously. I did it mm-hmm. a few times. Did you ever go to uh, what is called? I believe it's called Monkey Mountain. Nope. Where they have all the monkeys? No, I would love to go see. And it. you I'm... walk through, and you go, ooh, and they all go, ooh. No, I. Actually, I've heard they've been getting more violent. I did over really want to go. Obviously, it would have been amazing. My time in Japan was actually a little less than a week. Um, I will go back here sometime in the future. My brother and I actually, I travel. I've been really blessed. I've been to six continents and forty countries in my life, and um, well, I am, then I must be cursed. I'm planning to go back to Japan um, sometime here with my brother. Um, as we both, my brother actually lost his camera in Japan, and he's always wanted to re go back and take a lot and of find pictures. the camera. Well, oh, that gosh. that would be a fun adventure. I need I need a movie. Where your brother lost his camera in Japan, you know, what, 10 years ago or something? Yeah, it was and, about 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. And you go back to, to find, like, let's say, like, he remembers taking a shot that, like, like no one has ever been before. And and it's in his mind's eye because obviously he doesn't have the camera anymore. And it shows up on the internet somewhere. And he goes, holy crap, somebody has my camera. Yes. And, then and you we two meet, go on an adventure. And then we meet the lonely Japanese housewife that falls in love with my brother. Oh, my God, I love it. Oh See, God. it's already there. I love brother, it. That would be amazing. My brother is the best dude who ever lived, and I love him. But uh, I don't think that's what we're going to be doing. We are going to go to Monkey Mountain, actually, instead, um, because I want to snuggle Japanese snow monkeys more than try anything <laughs> on Earth. Um, I'm a big primatology dude. And, um, no, I didn't get to see those. My best – I had some amazing primate, uh, both ape and monkey experiences uh, all over the world. Um, I can say, though, that um, one of my favorite stories is I was in – Zimbabwe or Zambia, one of the sides of Victoria Falls, and a baboon stole my Gatorade. Funny. Oh, and Oreos, and then and hit me, and it fucking hurt a lot. And you go back to Japan <laughs> to get that camera. That's your brother's. That's his adventure. That's his so adventure. What's, so what's my part? I'll you want to bitch out. slap that monkey that took your Gatorade and bitch slapped you? You need revenge. Uh, he's probably bush meat now. Um, but I would like to have a monkey butler. Uh, that would be awesome. I, that wouldn't be very vegan of me, mm-hmm. but that would be awesome. I, I, we, will tr- we will try. We will try. Can I to eat that monkey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now I want to go home and watch the episode. That's one of the best ones ever. But um, I will work to develop that script for you, and hopefully it will play out perfectly and um, it won't be a wacky comedy about how we end up having some kind of Benny Hill adventures with the Yakuza or something like that. Okay. I mean, as great as that would be with Yakety Sacks, uh-huh. um, I don't think it's going to work out, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, good stuff. Any Sorry. other quality Sorry. stuff on BOD? I do, I do want Victor in the car on the okay. way over here. Um, Victor did the best recap of his uh, hazy recollections of trying to watch Hush that I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah, I don't even remember now. Just, yeah, Hush. Just when Victor realized it's a movie about a deaf woman, and then she starts talking in her inner monologue, and that's oh, yeah. when he woke Parent up. Parent trap style. Yes. Yeah, Um. I've, I've seen a lot of people give a lot of love to Hush from Bloomhouse, which seems to be dumping a new movie on Netflix every other day lately. Am I right? 
pretty much like they put like four, five, six different horror movies on uh on Netflix and Hush is about um Steph woman who's being stalked by a killer who's wearing a mask and uh how he she doesn't even notice he's killing people at first. The movie is pretty super quiet for most of the you know the run of it cuz she has the turns her phone off and um then and then later on in, towards the end of the movie where she's being stalked by the killer there's a weird scene where um she sees herself telling herself where to go because at that point you know they it's near the end and that's when they lose faith in the gimmick and that kills me i want full marley matlin okay yeah i'm disappointed hmm. Yeah, it wasn't really that interesting. Um, I'm kind of over home invasion. Like it, it's like a who's ne- uh, your next kind of thing, and I'm just kind of over that. It's not really inventive anymore. The same way food, uh, found footage isn't really that interesting to me anymore as a as a vehicle for film. Um, I saw Confirmation, which was on HBO last night or this weekend, debuted. And it has a uh, Carrie Washington from Scandal and um, Django Unchained as Anita Hill, and Wendell Pierce plays uh, Clarence Thomas. Uh, Wendell Pierce, you would probably know more as the Black Secret Service agent from Hackers. Literally, I can't. I was like, that's the Black Secret Service agent from Hackers, <laughs> but I guess he was in Hamilton and all this shit. People know him from now. So, what is confirmation? Uh, it's about the confirmation hearings for Clarence Thomas to become Supreme Court Justice in like 1991, and uh, Carrie Washington is solicited to, um, you know, come up and testify against him because of sexual harassment. Um, it's really interesting because it's one of those movies where they choose to mesh the actors with historical footage. So Reagan and uh, George H.W. Bush are played by themselves, but like Treat Williams plays Edward Kennedy, and um, the role he was born to play. <laughs> wow. Treat Williams. Yeah, Treat Williams. Like that's Treat Williams. Jesus Christ. Oh man, I want to watch Dead Heat now. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. I was yeah. like, every time Dead. I think of Treat Williams, I think of Dead Heat. Yeah, and then um, who plays uh, uh, he used to uh, Joe Piscopo. Yeah, please, to, yep, please. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Greg. Piscopo. Um, no, no, no. He, he used to he used to uh, co-host the soup on E, and then he became a Joel ser- McHale. No, no, the one. Be- oh, the one before him. Uh, Greg Kinnear. Yeah, Greg Kinnear plays Joe Biden, and he makes the weirdest choice in this film because the whole movie he has a toothache, and he's like, I "Just gotta get to a dentist." So, do you think that he he went to the director and said, "Hey, I got this idea for my character." I think he might have read that he that uh, that he had a toothache. Yeah, at some going point on and during just... these hearings, and like literally, he's like walking down the hall with like a piece <laughs> of like ice on his jaw, and he has the worst like you know he's not bald, Greg Kinnear in real life, but he has like a fake. He has you know he has a bald cap. a bald cap that's um, with a comb over. And for whatever reason, no one can ever get that right. And it just looks weird because there's too much hair for it to be thin. It just looks like it's laying there. Yeah. Like he should have just committed and shaved his head. Shaved his head or something. It just looks so odd. I don't know. And it's weird because I'm watching it. I'm like, I mean, there's good performance, but it's not like Game Change, the one with um, 
Julianne Moore as uh, Sarah Palin. It's just like mm-hmm. it seems like a reenactment done for some like forty eight hours or something. <laughs> like literally, well, I will say there's I... not really like an impetus or some kind of arc going on. It's like let's recreate these events and make a movie out of it with no angle whatsoever. Huh. I do want to say that the uh, I did watch part of the uh, People versus OJ one. Yeah, and that is like way higher production values and stuff. Like especially like Johnny Cochran, uh, the one uh, what's her name from American Horror Story, Sarah um, Paulson. Paulson, yeah, she just kills as Marsha Clark. But it's like every time I look at John Travolta, I'm like, just you just can't look past him. You just can't. It's just not Robert Shapiro. And then David Schwimmer a- a- as Kardashian is just unbelievable because it's just and the best part of that whole thing the weirdest thing about uh the way they're choosing to have uh schwimmer play uh rob kardashian or robert kardashian is like see like it makes you makes you think he has like a secret romance going on with oj the juice would never do that (laughs) juice (laughs) it's pretty much yeah it's just like Yo, he's our best friend. Like, there's the part at the funeral. But the the thing that killed me, I mean, instantly, I think it's in the first or second episode, is, of course, we got to throw the Kardashians. Like, you have Lil' Kim and Lil' Chloe yeah. and, and stuff. And I'm just going, they're fucking kids. They they didn't know shit. And they're like, don't tell them that uncle is a killer. Like, and it's like, no, that, I doubt, that may have happened one time at the funeral but it's just like they just keep going and going and no going. my favorite part of that is like the second episode i think where they're talking about how um robert kardashian they're, they're going over the cart right before the car chase and he's like robert kardashian is going to come out and make a statement and all his kids are watching it and then they're all you know they're mentioning the name on all the kardashian and then all his kids are going kardashian Kard-, like they start chanting their own name <laughs> yeah like uh. that's a thing people would do it, yeah. It's not. I'm sorry. You're missing the incredulous look on my face if you're not watching the video version. <laughs> but yeah, it's, make sure we zoom in on that one. Yeah, make um, it meme worthy. What else did I watch? I watched this uh, British movie called Identicals. That is, um, <laughs> it, it's. I guess it, it, they retitled the it. For, is, is hilarious. No, they retitled it. Apparently, it was called Identicals. Brand New You in the UK. And it's about uh, this guy, uh, him and his girlfriend are celebrating their anniversary. And I was then, just going to say, it sounds like a wonderful romantic yeah, comedy. They're celebrating their anniversary, and then um, you start, you know, it's like, oh, this is like some weird romantic comedy. And then it open, you start seeing like night vision goggles kind of following them with the heads up display. And he opens the door, and then it seems on his face and says, no match. So they start trying to knock him out, and he fights back, and they're trying to kidnap his girlfriend. The girlfriend runs away, and then she, like, stabs one of the people who's trying to kidnap her, and he drops. But then the other people kidnap the girlfriend, right? And then he goes to uh, the living room, and he gets a phone call. And uh, it's from – if you saw um, Edge of Tomorrow, he it's the guy who's wearing the T-shirt that says Mimic This. Okay. Um, he's the guy on the phone and they do it really weird where he speaks in tape loops and it's like, uh, you know, we're, you know, stay where you are. Like the one, and he takes the mask off the, uh, the person got shot and the person or the dead girl, it turns out to be a girl looks exactly like his girlfriend, you know? And it's like, that's not your girlfriend, you know, follow, you know, get in this car. And it turns out there's this company called brand new you 
that uh, it finds if the, you know the the person pays them X amount of money and they'll find someone that looks enough like them that they can kind of you know plastic surgery so they can take over their life. So basically, this girl, this dead girl, was envious of his girlfriend and basically had studied her and then was just gonna take over her life and then the the person tells him like well now you can't have your girlfriend back your girlfriend's dead but we can give you a new life and then he gets a new identity but then he keeps trying to get to find his old girlfriend whose mind has been wiped and then shenanigans ensue it's very like i would call it like low-grade philip k dick yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, yeah it, that or like a Twilight Zone episode. No, when it you feels started, yeah, and it's kind it of like I would over. say it's like low grade Philip K. Dick or like a bad episode of Black Mirror. Okay, you know, um, you could tell they like they filmed it on a budget, but yeah, it, by the end it start it starts off interesting, but ends up something like Payback or Paycheck. You know the Ben Affleck one. The Ben Affleck, Philip yes, Dick people, one that John people are Wu, trying to uh, remember that, that John one right Wu now. directed. Yeah, yeah he was, he was very a, he much was the like bomb that. and Phantom. Yeah. Um, so I was yeah. just gonna say that's coming cult classic soon. <laughs> Double feature with the island. And then probably the best thing I've seen in the last three weeks was the invitation, the new movie from Karen Kusama, who directed Jennifer's Body, which I liked, Eon Flux, which I didn't like. And Girl Fight, which is good, but I haven't seen in a really long time. She's had a mixed career, but um, this movie is actually, like, really good. Really good. Very well done. Um, Without saying too much about it, it has to do with cults. Um, And that's usually, like, that's enough to get me in to see a movie. And the last few years, there's been a lot of movies that do this topic. Like, uh, that movie, Faults. Uh, did it really well, but I thought The Sacrament is a piece of garbage in Ty West's worst movie. Um, What's the other one you saw? Was it Christy? Something like that? Oh, yeah, Christy. Yeah, Yeah, that's also about cults. Yeah, Yeah, that one's okay. Yeah, no, I was thinking of cult films that have come out. Yeah. I like Starry Eyes a lot, but um, not many cult films I've really, really enjoyed. Yeah. So. Yeah, and like when we say cult films, I mean films in which the antagonist <laughs> is a cult. Yeah, but yeah, this one's really interesting, and I like the it, I like the ending. Um, it has really good acting all around. Um, Logan Marshall Green is the main actor in it, and he does a really good job because basically he's invited back to the house. His wife invites him to a dinner party at the house where their son drowned. And to meet her new husband, who's played in a by, pool or a lake. He drowned in a pool in their house, and he's invited back to the house for a dinner party. That's very, very Arizona topical. Oh, I don't know what it. It's in L.A. The movie's set in L.A. No, just a lot of kids drowned in pools oh, yeah. in Arizona. That's, I guess they didn't realize. I was thinking more Antichrist yeah. the first time I heard. The, yeah, uh, no, it's very similar to that. Like it's that kind of a thing where that's pro- that's why their marriage fell apart, you know. And he's. And it's good because they kind of don't. He has a girlfriend. The the his ex wife is remarried. The guy who plays her new husband is the guy who plays Dario Naharis on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a dinner party, and then uh, w- their buddy shows up, who's played by oh god that he's a, he's that character actor who played uh, Drew Carey's brother on the Drew Carey Show. Okay, yeah, yeah, the big 
big the guy. big guy. Yeah, and he's crossdresser guy. Yeah, yep. he's in a lot of good movies now. I can't remember what his name is, but Logan Marshall Green is really good in it. And like, I feel bad because every time I see him in something, all I can think of is people are gonna go, "Is that Tom Hardy?" Because he looks and sounds just <laughs> like Tom Hardy, and you can't really get away from it. Especially this one where he has a beard and he's kind of muttering a lot. It's like, uh. but yeah, it's a good movie. Eric, I've heard nothing but good reviews. That's yeah, all I've I'll heard. I'll probably nonstop. post one of these on Cult Following a review of this one because I think it's really good. Um, I also say like you should check out that Cult Following CEO anyway. Adam just posted a review of Perfect, and I think Kirby just did one of Uncaged. Uncaged. So yeah. Yeah, I had like three reviews come out over the last week. Oh, yeah. You also did Hard Bodies and what else? What's the other one? Uh, yeah, Hard Bodies. Private Resort. Private Resort, Spring Break, My Brain is Mush. Yeah. Basically. I also did a review of Demolition, the new Jake Gyllenhaal, Naomi Watts movie, which you can find on there. And I think Kirby will probably do one of Green Room at the end of the yep. week. Green Room will be coming up. Yeah. So. And I got Just Visiting. Mm-hmm. The 2001 Christina Applegate, John Renault. Yeah, I remember that being John such a Hughes weird movie written when that came out. Movie. John Hughes wrote that. Whoa. He was one of the three writers. Wow, weird. You know, one I just saw got to Netflix just real quick that I wanted to mention since we were talking about Forgotten Hollywood mm-hmm. was uh, "Say It Isn't So" with Chris Klein. Heather Graham in a Farrelly Brothers movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, when I saw yeah. that, I thought was absolutely one of the funniest movies I'd ever seen because the Farrelly's haven't done anything funny since. That was literally the last movie. That was about 2001. I believe 2000 or 2001. That was the I like last. movie 43. Is that what it was called? Yes. Oh, I remember. That's the one, one where of... Hugh Jackman has yeah. balls on his yeah. face. I actually liked that one. It was very slapstick and stuff. Yeah. There were bits in it that were funny. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um... But I mean, really, like, just don't enjoy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm getting old, Victor. I can't read that from here. <laughs> it says, "Shut the hell up, everybody." <laughs> no, we're just coming to a natural ending point as well. Oh. See, yeah, we ended up. Uh, I think our original topic material because for... we still hadn't gotten to what movies you'd watch. It's just been us two. Well, yeah, but I think we should still do it and wrap yeah. that up and just not do our main topic. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, we did have we had a kind of a light topic. Maybe we'll cover that here soon, as it will be timely. But I'll quick go over what I watched. We had some we had some good side discussions here, and that oh, basically no, gonna, the nature of I'm Hollywood construct all of these. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. Um, let's I'm quick go. I'm going to hang on every single word that you say. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um. A couple of them I've already posted up on Cage that I just talked about. Um, I did go see Hardcore Henry, the press screening, so that oh, one's yeah. up How as well. Oh, yeah, how was that? Because I, I just I really need to understand that more beyond just text. My my review, um, you can definitely check it out and stuff. It's one of those movies I think you should definitely see. Everyone should see at least once just for the idea that I know there's a lot of people going, you know, I've kind of seen this stuff, you know, in a lot of the, the – um, I think definitely, especially films inspired by Hong Kong action flicks. This generation of transporter, crank, fast and furious kind of stuff. Yeah. But it is just on a whole nother level. I, I prefaced my review talking about a colleague that this was his dream movie to see a literal first person shooter as a movie. He's just obsessed with that style of gaming. And it is what it is. But I mean, I feel like if this movie had come out a few years before 
that hit like full bore. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would have been possible since it was filmed almost completely with GoPro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the technology just wasn't there. But that's yeah. what makes it way more amazing is watching it and realizing what minimal technology was used to make this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really well done. Like in it, it's not something. And I clearly said this in my review. It's review. I would not watch this again anytime soon. But I would definitely come back to it. It's not going to break down like Sin City, Matrix, 300. I think I mentioned all those. A lot of the big uh, sucker punch movies that visually just blew people away. But I think people who said this would never work as a movie, it works. And the best description I can describe without any of the real plot or emotion and stuff is there's strangely one of the first films I thought about, and I didn't mention this in my review, but thought about afterwards, there's kind of an Akira style in it. And I thought about you, Evan, because I know you're a huge fan. But it's just kind of like this desperation without any real knowledge or anything like that that this protagonist has. And it just works. So, I mean, if you, if you like action movies, if you especially, obviously, the other one I said was The Raid. If you love The Raid or The mm-hmm. Raid 2, this is definitely a movie yeah, see, you want to see. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. I don't think Anne has any interest in seeing it, so I, I kind of tested the waters. I went to see Batman v Superman by myself during the day while Anne was at work. I'm probably going to do, do the same thing with Hardcore Henry because she hasn't really said anything. You know, I know that uh, like Joshua T. Ruth, friend of the show, mm-hmm. you know, he's seen it like probably three times at this point. But Jeez. you know, he's a big he's a big gamer guy. But the things that were kind of touching on for me w- was um, the movie The Gamer. Um, with oh, uh, uh, oh Gerard, Butler. Yeah. Gerard Butler and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. No, not Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's uh, the, the, the I'm thinking the guy from Dexter. Dexter uh, Jeffrey, oh, no, Michael oh, C. Mike, Hall. Mike, yeah. yeah, Michael C. Hall. Sorry, yeah. I, I don't know why I want to say it every time. It's because it's close to what his name is in Six Feet Under, the television right. show. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. go right ahead. Uh, the, the, the best part of Doom. Yes, and that was another thing. Was, it really was the where the, it's like when you saw that part. Anytime you talk about the movie Doom. That's what you talk about is that first per- person part yeah. is where it's like, oh, that was really cool. I wish they would have done more of that. See, this is why I'm glad you guys or Kirby saw it because I, I'm just based on the description. I don't think I would like it because I don't like first person games. Mm-hmm. I like being able to see the character. I don't know for some reason being able to well, I'm, see. I'm it. kind of the same way. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And so am I. As a gamer, yeah. I, I don't like first-person stuff at all, with the exception of games where it's integral to the gameplay. Like, Last of Us is one of my mm-hmm. favorite games the last few years. It, you have to have an FPS kind of thing. But it's more of the third person over the shoulder yeah. than it is an actual yeah. first person. But uh, what I like is kind of the... the um, uh, the, the, maybe the, 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 the vigor behind it kind of remind It kind of looks like what, what Crank was like. Yes. One and two. And I love those movies to death, and that's because they were so surprising to me, especially the first one. Went into seeing it blind, not really being being a fan of you know the transporter and things like that, but just the the look and the feel and the energy behind it, where it's like go 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 go, mm-hmm. nonstop. Yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those so films. I mean, it's like I truly feel if like Jackie Chan or Jet Li would have had this technology. This they movie would have been more. made years ago oh, with yeah. like an actual. You would have felt it too. You would have felt every hit, every you know kind of stuff. I think it would have been amazing. I think that's the only thing that could have won up this, but it wouldn't be a very visually pleasing experience. And I made a joke at it in my review, but I'm not kidding. I think a couple of people puked. So if you do not like, if you have any kind of visual, you know, disorientation or vertigo, sure. I mean, this movie definitely will get you a little. Uh, 
you know, dizzy at the best and yeah. pukey at worst. Did but you watch it in 3D or was it just No, it was just a 2D okay. showing. I don't know if I could watch it in 3D. Is it even in 3D? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't it think so, seems but like it, it, could, be right it might for be it. somewhere yeah. down the line. But IMAX 3D, four yeah. stories of feet and oh, fists man. in your face. Yeah, there was a couple parts that uh, yeah, definitely, especially the stuff where they're higher above the ground and stuff. I mean, it, it's disorient. Although, not anywhere near. The most disorient movie I've seen, I can imagine seeing in IMAX, was that The Walk. Yeah. Oh my god, that one really they did a, Zemeckis did a great job of yeah, that. That kind of freaked me out. Um and I've been bungee jumping, skydiving and lots of other assorted activities of such, but um Victor did a review of Midnight Special. We went and saw a press screen yeah. of that. Definitely check out his review. There's not much I could say different um from his review. Um I the only thing I would say is it's just the um the first 45 minutes were so intense. I can't yeah. even begin to tell you how great of a slow burn it was. It just didn't have the payoff for me, but I did like yeah, it a I lot. Yeah, I can't really imagine wanting to watch that movie again. Is it kind of like Return to Witch Mountain in that way? There is a little bit. Yeah, well it just it doesn't have a full on like or Starman Disney yeah. or it Happy is. Starman. Yeah, it's a lot like it's like Cocoon. a cross between like Starman and Firestarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first part's definitely yeah. full on Firestarter. Um, a little bit of, uh, definitely of Close Encounters. Um, Cocoon was one Victor said, and I didn't think yeah. about him initially, but it really is pretty Cocoon-like in yeah. spots. Um, but, yeah, like I said, the review's up. Um, I I honestly think that movie loses the plot at the end by showing something that they... They I, should not have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's a reason why, like, when Close Encounters ends, you just see the... You see the ship with the lights, and you know you don't need too much. This movie shows too much. I'm yeah. not saying it's the same thing, but they show too much. True, true. Yeah, you know, and as a kid watching Close yeah. Encounters of the Third Kind, I felt like it was a jip ending yeah. because I wanted to see more. But yeah. as I've matured along with the film yeah. and movies that have come out since, I appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll do a couple quick ones. Uh, my review of uncage just posted um i did see um a couple really quick ones i did see daddy's home uh Ouch. i'm really not gonna elaborate on that but a couple i li- only saw the ending of that yeah. or like the and, dance yeah, another off. yeah john cena mark Wahlberg face off yeah it's um it's one of those movies i laughed a few times without a doubt overall though it's just um, I also saw one a bit ago. I don't know if I ever mentioned the podcast, the uh, <sighs> night before the oh, Christmas yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but can. that's exactly what I feel about it. I laughed. I'll never watch it again. Yeah. I'll never even probably think about it. Um, I gave a chance to one I just saw in the red box was Burnt, which is um, a movie with uh, Bradley Cooper as a um, failed kind of like two-star Michelin star chef who ends up trying to open up a new restaurant in london i totally forgot about that movie yeah um but you know it wasn't good it wasn't great but you know it was worth the watch i mean i definitely don't regret picking it up um one i was a little more impressed with was my other red box pick and i really was surprised because i really didn't think i was gonna like this at all was actually victor frankenstein really yeah because the way it goes for its style is not um one it's definitely much more about the man than the monster but it's really it's genuinely quite funny or very british humor apparently 
but it's it, I mean it's good. Like the first half is great. It's got a little bit of the cartoony style, but the way it kicks in towards it, it it's got definitely a more emotional depth than I expected. I don't think that movie had a really wide release. I no. know they tested it. They test screened the fuck out of it out here trying to figure out how to make it it's work. It's a hard sell. Yeah, and then when I finally heard of it again, like, oh, this is finally coming out? No, it came out like five months ago, and now it's coming out on VOD and yeah. Blu-ray. Well, it's weird. Like, the movies they test screen in Arizona are, like, not this kind of, Like, I remember I got, like, six different invites to a test screening tonight at Tempe Marketplace for Neighbors 2. Yeah. And it, and it's like I couldn't even get through Neighbors 1 and like it had I couldn't either. Yeah, na- it was called Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising. Rising. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't need to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that kind of goes back to the Daddy's Home night yeah. before discussion. But I don't know, Victor Frankenstein stuff, I I felt like it kind of was and I think I mentioned this even on the last podcast. The Dean Arcoon style, which is actually about a modern retelling yeah, you did. of it, but it's it's one of those ones where I felt like, and the Indian stuff was quite dark and just very the the way that Frankenstein's mon- Frankenstein monster have looked, you seen I Penny liked Dreadful? a lot. No, I have not yet. You, if you like that kind of dark Frankenstein thing, you well, yeah, I would like should, to hear if you, you know you if you put like that. those, yeah, if you've seen Victor Frankenstein, what do you think of Penny Dreadful? Yeah, I've always wanted to watch it. I just I there's so many shows that I've wanted to watch and I, because I don't have cable and because I don't have yeah. HBO Go and a lot of these shows I it's like I either check them out when they hit Netflix or something but I I originally I thought the show was a full on anthology like a tales from the no, crypt it's no. kind and of, it's more like I guess of it's a, kind of like a a league of extraordinary gentlemanish thing kind where of all of these archetype characters live in the same place but yeah it's, they don't have, like, the same kind of allegiances or anything, and some of them are introduced kind of oddly, but then it pays off in the end. Like, um, Billy Piper is in it, and she's really good. As She starts off as a completely different character, and by the end, it's not really spoiling it. She becomes, like, the Bride of Frankenstein in a way, or the closest thing to it. And then it kind of goes the direction of the Dean Arcoon's Frankenstein, where, they, like... She views herself as part of this new race, you know, to supplant yeah. humanity. It's really, but well it's done. really, yeah, it's really dark. Yeah, it's very gothic. Well, yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, I do like the Victorian, the gothic stuff. I mean, obviously, newer stuff, kind of like Crimson Peak. I mean, the walls and, uh, bleed. You know, yeah, yeah, I like some you of the taste. It, you know, yeah. The I like second it. season has like witches who have like ventriloquist dummies and shit. It's really freaky. Yeah, I mean, I dig stuff like that. So yeah. I just, what it really reminds me of, though, this version of Frankenstein Monster is more like its original kind of idea, which is, you know, on the uh, Yiddish, Jewish kind of like golem mm-hmm. uh, kind of monster. And I just, and it is, it's born of his hubris. And it's just, it's just such a sinister kind of look. It's just too bad that they went a little too, uh, Oh, what do you call it? Like cartoony. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if they could have done it not fully green screen, but I, I feel like if they had done it a little bit more like from hell and have eighteen eighty eight Whitechapel look and that gritty, like the Hughes yeah, Brothers version. I don't version, think that'll ever happen again. Yeah, it won't, but um and that's to me one of those films that really I saw like the Lizzie Borden Chronicles on Netflix, which is like the Christine Christina Ricci. Yeah, it's, it's like so the, awful. the T V show based off the bad movie and it like it's supposed to be like, you know, the nineteen early nineteen late eighteen hundreds and it just looks like a set 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely awful. I couldn't so even it's make like the it. the CW show or something like that? Yeah. It, they're all the CW yeah. show. That's the problem with all of them. And that's what I say about a lot of shows now is yeah. that they just hit it, you know. And that's – I brought that up actually recently with the finale of The Walking Dead where I feel like – I just stopped watching they that just, show. I, yeah. I, did, I stopped watching it, and then I, I loved the fourth and fifth seasons, and then this season I'm like, you lost me again because they fucked the governor up, and now they're doing uh, Negan, and he is completely – and I like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mm-hmm. Got right there that time. But it, he's just, he's not Negan in the comics. And they needed, just like the governor was not supposed to be this suave, tall, British, sex pot looking dude, even with the eye patch. Um, Negan is not a bad looking guy, obviously, in the comics. He's just kind of your standard bulky linebacker looking yeah. dude. Right. But it's, you know, they just. This did not do it right. He does not look like he's supposed to. They needed to get some kind of Vinnie Jones looking guy or, you know, some mm-hmm. big dude. Even like honest to God, a Tom Hardy or a, shit. I would take some forgotten wrestlers over um, the way they may work unless he looked like the well, comedian the and is, they just didn't like, do it right. He, like I like I always pictured him as being kind of like a guy who was like a rockabilly dude. Yeah, it's another way world. to look like. Yeah. And this is just like I'm a biker who's suddenly wearing skinny jeans or something. Yeah. <laughs> like cause that's what I was thinking is like Jesus Christ, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's lost a lot of weight. Yeah, well I was gonna say if he looked like he did in the comedian, I would have bought it so much more. Um just even his snarkiness was I, just not I'll just point. say this. I think The Walking Dead's reliance on cliffhangers is like a detriment to its storytelling. It is. It's a cop-out on top of a cop-out yeah. is what they did. They put Negan in, and it's like, oh, you fucked it up. And then and then you go with here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you have a character like that, all right, you, you can't take for granted the comic book, char- comic book audience or the people watching your show. You got to introduce a character like that the way that it was. It's like he kills an important character in the uh, finale of The Walking Dead. And that's as much as I can say because they don't tell you who he kills. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. I mean, you just see a first person perspective of somebody being bashed in the head. Yeah. And with I, blood on the lens, which is like the laziest thing in the fucking world now. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where the whole you killed yeah. the cameraman meme has yeah. hit epic proportions and i'm so sorry i just used the word epic um and actually it was appropriate but i just am so sick of that um the uh but i i mean most people know who he kills obviously in the comic and now. it's that it's gonna be the same person it's gonna be let's, let's, one of the two there's two no people. it's the same person you know it as well as yeah. i do well yeah, it could. yeah it's just one of those ones but they um well yeah i mean i'd, I'd really hope that uh, it was that norman reus really was taken out of his contract and mm-hmm. calling it a day but um you know apparently not so i don't know that'll be the end of our talking dead segment as we're well, r- the funniest up. thing to me is like this weekend like it's the new season of uh fear, game the, of fear of the thrones world. oh yeah yeah oh, game of but thrones. to me the funniest thing is like i've seen things on it's like oh what are you gonna watch fear the walking dead or game of thrones i'm like <laughs> how is that even a conversation <laughs> i could watch fear the walking dead right now on hulu season one and i couldn't even get through one episode yeah it's i watched the first um episode saying it segueing into that and it's just I I just think that show is it, it's not bad or anything. It's much more of a real person's. Yeah. I mean, in the sense that not everyone's glamorous. It's not at all. But I do think it's one of those ones where I'm like, 
that's the problem with it. It's not glorious enough. It's not ridiculous enough. But it's one of those ones I I don't I don't see lasting too too long. But well, I didn't even watch like like just like Victor said. I didn't watch this whole last season. I just had I don't know. I just to get like my interest kind of wanes because I feel like I've seen it all before. Nothing really kind of happens to where it gets me really excited about it. It's just kind of this little microcosm where I want yeah. it to be a little bit more expansive in ways as opposed to going from one spot to the next or running into a gang of people and maybe having that go for maybe a couple episodes or even a full season. Yeah. And so to have like the fear of The Walking Dead kind of be, you know, this little side story, but it's still like a microcosm. So... I don't really need that extra padding. I don't feel like I need something that goes in between. Or, I mean, I, you know, timeline or what, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying just in general. Yeah. I don't need another show that's, like, within that universe. Well, like, There's another microcosm of the that's same the thing. That's the other thing. Like, this past week was, like, the finale of iZombie. Mm-hmm. And um, I've liked that show all the way through. And then this, the finale of it kind of does a show reset where, like, they cling, like I, I was like, is this, are, is this show getting canceled? Because they seem to be wrapping up everything from the first two seasons. And then they introduce this whole different thing where I'm like, oh, God, is this show trying to be like Z Nation now or something? Mm. And, and, you know, which is a show I don't really care for. And right. I'm like, you know, yeah, like if you're going to do that, like a zombie kind of show, like, please be different. I'm tired of shows following this like terrible, like Walking Dead formula. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Enough about that. Yep. Um, and just got a couple ones to wrap it up. Um, I've mentioned on this show numerous times that I love, um, even though I'm not a sports dude, I love the 30 for 30 series from ESPN, mm-hmm. some of the finest documentary filmmaking ever. I watched an old one. Um, I'm a, I used to be a writer. I love um, BMX. And I finally watched the Matt Hoffman episode, The uh, Search for Big Air, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually an amazing story. Um, very, um, you know, standard and stuff in terms of its rise, fall, rise again kind of thing. But definitely uh, well worth watching. So, I, you know, I grew up, you know, watching Matt Hoffman and everything. And, you know, I'm aware of who he is. And I've, I've seen him perform, not live, but, I've you know, I've seen videos and everything. Because, you know, back when... Uh, BMX was kind of getting legs, and they would try to uh, incorporate it with uh, the skateboarding video. So they have like some BMX stuff, or they'd mm-hmm. even have like early like rollerblading, like in the pools and everything. Um, but mostly, like they were they're trying to incorporate more of the um, kind of the bike skill stuff and jumps and and everything. Would you say that this this thirty on thirty is um, catering to a specific group of people who are more interested in Matt Hoffman or is it no, kind of is it more broad does it kind of like introduce you to like what the sport of it is it is Matt Hoffman's story but it is the story of how BMX became strictly you know track racing mm-hmm. into the freestyle and stuff and Matt Hoffman is literally the guy who basically I mean there's other people like without a doubt Tony Hawk being one of the primary mm-hmm. individuals who ter- basically created the X games but right. Matt Hoffman really had a major stake in that and it's it's just really interesting in the way he basically um you know built up BMX once mm-hmm. it was in its lull in the 90s which right. it was a huge lull right. and um you know he's just one of those people he just he's very genuine you can tell without a doubt um, and the way he's lived his life that, you know, he didn't go out like a lot of the other um, athletes and stuff. And it was sad. I mean, this year uh, we lost Dave Mira right. uh, as well, who's one of the other, I mean, true greats and an absolute showman. 
but it's just this this you know with Matt Hoffman. I mean, he's a guy who, you know, and they talk about a lot in this. I mean, this is pre pre big internet, big video yeah. cameras. I mean, when he was doing his last major jumps, I mean, this is in the early two thousand, like two thousand one, and he he had already done like well over twenty feet of air. And he was doing even higher, um, but, you know, they can't confirm it. It's just kind of like one of those kind of bullshit l- things you realize in life. It's like, yeah, but he didn't do it for any of that. He did it for himself. He mm-hmm. literally was. There's a lot of footage of Evil Knievel, basically, where he's, you know, going on. Like, I, I live like Evil Knievel. Me and him, we have the same same wavelength, and, and that's a great story. So it's it, you'll definitely like it, especially if you want to see vintage footage of BMX freestyle becoming a big part of of culture and of the scene and yeah that's so, what i was wondering if it kind of went yeah if it gave it's you a little kind of a well, endless but it, there's a ramp definitely up into more yeah a literal BMX ramp scene. up yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah right yes um but um and then the other one on the more serious side but i really cannot recommend this enough i know it I think it came i think it came out this year i know it was filmed over the last couple of years but um there is a 30 for 30 on the duke lacrosse rape um case and if you have any interest in legal issues in any way and or want to see a society sociology study play out in real time especially in this era of um social justice warriors this one is absolutely uh incredible i i cannot say it enough it is uh, because it kind of talks at the dawn of of major internet use this would have been 2006 which really i do not think people understand that it really wasn't until the last 10 years that the internet became a huge huge thing right. in the populace of america um this case plays out amazing um so i just can't recommend enough check it out um and then the very last things i'm gonna say is that i hope to have two reviews up soon uh, the Hollow, which kind of like Hush, is one of the ones I think a lot of people have been talking about or interested in. Um, and then uh, something no one was interested in, but I would like <laughs> to review it, was Gods of Egypt, um, which you will probably be seeing a review of soon. Yeah, no, they had uh, they had the trailer for it at Pollock Tempe Cinemas. Yeah. Yeah. I, guess, yeah, it's in the I think second they, round they, they've, right they've got them in. Yeah, that's where I saw it. And then last but not least, because everyone always asks me about this. Um, I did just get an update that uh, Clown will be getting a theatrical June appearance. Team, yes, yeah. allegedly. So no, it um, is. I got the. Uh, did you get the I actual got, invite? Yeah. Okay. I well, we'll got see. Not the invite. I got. I get a list of all the movies opening in Phoenix, and it's opening here. So. Well, I'll believe it when I see it, and I'm sure everyone else will as well because this is like the third or fourth time. But if it does come out, and it does come here, and it sounds like it's going to, praise be. Uh, Please go and see it. My favorite yeah. film of last year. And I'm pretty I really sure it's getting a limited release. Very limited. Like, it's, I think it's probably sure. only going to play like it, like um, Valley Art or something. Yeah, but go see it. Make it big. Um, help this film. It really does deserve it, possibly more than any other I've seen in recent years. So, But that's pretty much our wrap-up. I know we kind of ran over and never got to the full on me of our topic, but still a quality one. Hopefully you all enjoyed. And I think that's about it from my end. Adam, anything else you want to add? Yeah. Yeah. June 21st can't get here soon enough. What's June? And I keep saying it. Five freaking years later, and No Man's Sky is finally going to come out on PC and PlayStation 4, Xbox One. I don't know. Is it coming out for Xbox? It probably is. At least PC and, and PlayStation 4. It's... It, 
I, I'm not a huge game. I haven't been a, a very big gamer for for many years, but th- this game is is one of the the largest expansive games I've ever read about, heard about. Um, if you like uh, exploring, uh, surviving, uh, and basically doing whatever you want, and kind of in I guess you'd call it like a sandbox type game, but um, there are other players, but this universe is so huge that they say that um, over the lifespan of how many people are going to be playing it, how many um, years that the game will be, you know, continuing to develop and grow, that the whole universe that they've created, probably 99.9% of it won't be fully uh, visited or discovered. Oh, weird. Um, and even though it's, you have to be logged in online, it's not necessarily like an MMO. They say less than, I think, 0.01% chance that you would actually run into another live player. Hmm. Even if like a million people are playing it at the same time. That's how big like this game is. Hmm. Um, and it's very aloof as far as what your purpose well i guess it you kind of know what your purpose is but what the drive of the game is uh this is what really appeals to me because any time that i've played like star wars galaxies uh you know knights of the old republic there are main stories that you follow and i and and that's okay but the parts that i really like about games is when i can just kind of goof off or i can go discover something or find like a waypoint uh, this game doesn't necessarily have any waypoints, but it has, uh, it it does have aliens that you interact with, that you trade with, that you you are you are potentially you can trade with, but you don't know their language, um, you don't know the ecosystem. You have to, uh, you know, you could be on a planet and it's you know minus 136 degrees Celsius, uh, and your bio suit you have to you have to uh, get different. Um, uh, mine different minerals and 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 different things to upgrade your suit or just keep yourself protected. Um, ugh. I if you ever played Earth and Beyond, and wish it didn't have like just so many um, maybe little vignettes or uh, uh, little quests or whatever. This Side is not this quest. is not like a quest thing. This is completely open ended, where either you can be what they call. <laughs> I think one guy in IGN said, "Well, can I go on here and be a space dick?" Can I just like you know go up on my ship and start like shooting at the other traders and and uh, and the different like ships that are up there? It says yeah, you can. I mean, you're not going to survive very long, but you know it's it's all about exploration and survival, and it's so huge that yeah, I've oh, heard so I've heard amazing, and beautiful things, so. too, just a beautiful game. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's lots of good stuff. I mean, that's the one thing gaming um, you know continues to evolve. So I'm I'm unbelievably psyched for Uncharted Four. And a few other games that are coming out here. So, did you, you um, play the other Uncharted then? Oh yes, my favorite. Uh, it's the game series that got me back into gaming. Oh, it's kind of like Walking Dead and uh, Why the Last Man got me back into comics. Like, there's a lot of things I consider. And Uncharted Two may be one of the most perfect games ever made. I mean, and and Nathan Drake is just an incredible character. Well, I I'm to... so excited to meet Nolan North here at Phoenix Con. I think it's one of the only people i'm actually gonna go to see yeah i'm gonna have to check out the second one then because of the playstation 4 that i bought this year was the uncharted one so it had the first three and then it had yep. uh the code to get into the the beta for four yep um and i i believe i started playing it might have been the 
third one. Okay. And uh, I got to a point where I just I couldn't get past this one particular scene or whatever. You had to do something very specific. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I kept getting caught, and I just got too frustrated. Yeah. But I got when I got my PlayStation Three. It was compelling. Though. Five or six years ago, I got the first game with it, which was a few years old by that time. And then I got the second one pretty much right after I finished the first one, and I just. I, and the third one was great too, but I just I love I, I love Uncharted. I like adventure. I like horror, adventure, and puzzle. That's my mm -hmm. uh, genres. And I do like the open world and kind of stuff. The No Man's Sky kind of reminds me of the Secret World a little bit, mm -hmm. but obviously way more open ended. Um, but yeah, just there's a lot of good stuff. It, gaming has I think a lot of times become the kind of future of a lot of like cinematic worlds and yeah. stuff. So it'll be interesting. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think that to get that in. No, quick. please, please do. And I think uh, I think that's we we had do we it. had well, and, and then I'm just uh, the, mm -hmm. the, the, we got time. No worries. Th that uh, well, Joshua T with well, we had a game night. Victor was there too, but we were um, just you know playing some games that were that were on the big screen in the backyard. And uh, he brought uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, the uh, re whatever you want to call it. On the, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Re-release here with the upgrade and yeah, the graphic enhanced you know yeah. version or whatever. And uh, we had the most fun because you know Joshua and I are like, I mean, we're we're pooping our pants over No Man's Sky. So he went, he brought uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, which I haven't played yet. I've I have the previous ones, but I've I've not played Five. And all he did is he, you know, we went into the game. Uh, he went to this airport. He says, oh, you just, you know, we just have to do this. So he, he stole like this big blimp and he's just flying around and stuff. And we were just captivated. I mean, oh, I had a few, cool. I had a few, uh, beers at that point, but I mean, we were just so relaxed and he was like playing, uh, there was like a radio station that was kind of, kind of like a tangerine dream, sort of just kind of trance music. And we were just, just going, uh, <laughs> Oh, it was so serene and it was so beautiful. And the nice thing about these new, you know, every every console gets better and better, is there was no loading times if you went from one section mm. of the map to the other. And I remember that, you know, with the previous versions of of those types of expansive games, where the maps are really large, if you drove or flew into another part of the city, mm -hmm. you'd see the splash screen loading, mm -hmm. loading, 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 loading. It's like, dude, I just want to go over there. And then it's like, well, what if I forgot my gun like just right behind me and I have to turn around? Mm -hmm. Well, you turn around, it's like loading, loading, loading. It's like, Ugh! Yeah, definitely. Here was nothing. It was all seamless. So that's why I'm like really excited for No Man's Sky. Yeah, I think games well. have just reached a point where uh, the biggest thing is the control is there. Yeah. The control is supreme and paramount, which is what gamers want. It's what most people want in life, and I think that's why people have an extension through gaming. Um, but um, I'm just so blown away by some of the games that are coming out now. I just wish I had more time to play them. That's, that's about the yep. only thing. Yeah. But Otherwise, yeah, I probably would too. Speaking right. of which, I'd like to go. I think I'm going to go home and actually fall asleep gaming probably. So um, I think uh, I think that about do it. But uh, Victor, gonna take us out here. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> you get, yeah, well, sure. I guess you sure. just go right ahead. If you sure. want me to, you know, I'll take you out. Nah. <laughs> no, but I think this was an interesting catch-up episode, and mm -hmm. you know. As always, you can keep up on our reviews and uh, articles and such up at cultfollowing.co. If you're interested in checking out some of our movie events, uh, I invite you to check out cultfollowing.cultclassicsaz.com. 
and on Facebook at Cult Classics AZ. Same on Instagram and Twitter. Like I said, we've got Silence of the Lambs coming up May 21st. Tickets on sale at Zia soon. Get them now at helloclarice.bpt.me at Cult Classics AZ. Um, Do you know that's actually not a line in the movie? Hello, Clarice. No, but it's something. It's something. Yeah, but it's yeah. It's become like its own thing. Yeah, exactly. I just I read that the other day. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and uh, what else? No, it's because he says it a lot in Hannibal. Oh. Yeah. But everybody just confuses it with science. Exactly. Because I always I always like threw it in with the whole thing with the fava beans and the nice candy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But no, until next time, I'm Victor Marino along with Kirby Nelson. Rest in peace, Doris Roberts. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> look at look at this. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's probably like, I know your grandma died. What's going on, man? Yeah, it's like, yeah. And Adam Rakowski. Do you hear the lambs, Clarice? At night. Do you hear them screaming, Clarice? Meow. Boom. So until next time. Uh, you need hope. Stay dry. Eat some fava beans with a side of candy. You get a light dusting of vanilla sprinkles.